It's interesting because I actually have drawn a lot of parallels from this entrepreneurial journey from that experience, um, you know, including, uh, you know, failure is not an option <laughs> um, is one thing that I have uh, learned from that. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward, a foresight podcast where we explore clean tech customers, capital, and Canada's path to net zero. Tune in to learn more about Canada's most exciting clean tech startups, industry success stories, investor insights, and academic initiatives as we accelerate the growth and impact of clean tech together. Welcome to Clean Tech Forward. I'm Jeanette Jackson, CEO of Foresight Canada. Today, I'm speaking with Tamara Loisel, the CEO and founder of Synergraze, an Alberta-based biotechnology company working to reduce methane emissions in agriculture via an ingestible additive to cattle feed. Tamara and I discuss her technology, the role of methane emissions in climate change, and how she built Synergraze from the ground up. This Clean Tech Forward podcast is supported by Gowling WLG. A global leader in intellectual property law, Gowling WLG works alongside Canadian clean tech companies to develop IP strategies that maximize business opportunities and increase market share while protecting valuable innovation. From idea to investment to international expansion, Gowling WLG understands the potential of your intellectual property at every stage of growth. Visit gowlingwlg.com backslash cleantech to learn how they can support your business today. Tamara, thank you for joining us today. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jeanette. It's great to chat with you again. I know. I can't believe we have faced COVID for almost two years now. And I remember the first time I met you at uh, Platform Calgary, a great hub uh, where we are partnering with them for one of our clean tech cohorts. And you were part of the first or second cohort, I believe. Yeah, first one. That's crazy. And I know so much has happened over the last two years. But before we dive into that, I'd love to sort of share with the audience a little bit about you. How did you get into technology in this space? Well, I, uh, I had an interest uh, in environmental sciences. And I also came from a ranching family. And when I went to university, uh, I did a program at uh, University of Alberta which was an environmental science program within the Faculty of Agriculture. So it did provide a lot of uh, interfacing with agricultural issues and agricultural folks. And um, I you know, got into a career where I was doing a lot of work around education on the environmental sciences, uh, both in academia, but also with Indigenous communities. And as I Returned to my roots, why I went into environmental sciences in the first place. I I started doing some more reading and research and looking for solutions to this whole problem of methane emissions from cattle because it's a massive massive contribution to the global greenhouse inventory. And I was just reading away and and stumbled across some research that really intrigued me and uh, set me down this whole path. Given sort of the agriculture space in Alberta, known for their beef, uh, I can't wait to dive into a little bit uh, more with you on that one. But before we do, in terms of your work on environment, before you started Synergraze, I heard that you were awarded a Queen's Diamond Jubilee Medal for your work with the Indigenous communities. Can you share a little bit with us about sort of what you did and some of the learnings that you had through that experience? Sure, happy to chat about that. I had a background in working in colleges and institutions for training Indigenous students to go and do environmental monitoring. 
And then I started doing a lot of work um, within my own consulting company, working with Indigenous communities to increase their community capacity so they could be participating in natural resource projects that were happening on their territories and that they could be involved in the environmental monitoring so that they had firsthand knowledge as to what the impacts were uh, happening on their territories and how they could mitigate those while also increasing employment and, and skills and education. That's phenomenal. We, um, as you know, at Foresight with some of our ecosystem and cluster work, uh, we take a, a Helix 5 approach and ensuring that we're engaging the Indigenous communities are, across Canada is critical to, to these conversations. And so uh, I might actually ping you more on that later. I also heard that you won a Time Magazine Hero Mom of the Year Award in 2015. How did that happen? Uh, yes, that's true. Um, well, how all that came about was in 2014, I was on Christmas vacation in Cancun. And uh, I had uh, a friend and I and I were just heading out for an early morning walk and, and heard, you know, screams for help uh, quite a ways off the off the beach. And uh, when we raced down to the waterfront, uh, it was quickly apparent to me that uh, no one was going in the water and I really just couldn't stand there and listen to these people drown. And I just really felt this sense that I could do this. I was uniquely prepared for this moment. I believe I, uh, I had taken up triathlon a couple of years earlier as a result of my own near drowning on the BC West coast, actually. <laughs> and in my own near drowning experience had made this little promise to the universe that if I survived that I was going to get into much better shape. And I did that by getting into triathlon. And a number of years later, it came full circle where I heard somebody else in a near drowning situation and was able to be not only prepared because I did do some lifeguard training as a teenager, but also had the confidence that I would not have had, uh, had I not had those years of triathlon training and, and competing. That is incredible. Just hearing you talk about the inability for you to restrain yourself and just have to drive forward. I personally think that that's a trait that an entrepreneur needs to have. You kind of have to be able to look at all the odds and think you're able to jump in and just tackle it and get it going. And I can only imagine how some of these experiences have led to some of your thinking on what you need to do to take Synergrace to the next level. Yeah, it's interesting because I actually have drawn a lot of parallels from this entrepreneurial journey from that experience, um, you know, including, uh, you know, failure is not an option <laughs> um, is one thing that I have uh, learned from that, you know, rescue experience that I take into my entrepreneurial journey and yeah, just being at the right place at the right time and being prepared for those moments. And yeah, it's, it's amazing how many things uh, translate to uh, the entrepreneurial journey. Everyone that we've talked to from the entrepreneurship side on the podcast so far really has these personal aha moments that have helped them uh, not only define the problem they want to target, but sort of build the wit and the courage to, to jump in and, and make a go for it. So with that said, I'd love to dive into Synergraze. Uh, love the name, by the way. I know you've evolved that over the last couple of years here. But why don't you tell us what is Synegraze, both from a technology and product perspective? 
Sure. So Synegraze is focused on reducing greenhouse gas emissions from cattle. And as a byproduct of their digestion, cattle belch methane, which is about 25 times more potent as a heat trapping gas than as carbon dioxide. And cattle produce more, well, they produce about the equivalent carbon emissions as the global uh, transportation sector, according to the United Nations. Uh, so that's as much carbon dioxide equivalent uh, as every car, truck, train, plane, and ship on the planet combined every year. And uh, there's been a lot of pressure on the cattle production industry uh, about their environmental footprint. And I think this is one way to massively improve that environmental footprint. Our product is a natural algae-based product, and it's been scientifically proven to reduce methane emissions in cattle by approximately 90%. So if you're talking about 90% reduction from a you know, large source of greenhouse gas contribution to the global inventory, we're talking about a, you know, a global impact, potentially, if we get enough cattle on this additive. And now in terms of how the supplement actually works, what is it about the algae that helps solve that problem? Well, it's interesting because there are other species of algae that do reduce methane in cattle. And when we're talking about that methane, we're talking about enteric methane. So that's from their digestive systems. So other species might reduce it, say 15%, 20%. And Dr. Rob Kinley uh, was doing some research on a, looking at a whole bunch of different species and, and discovered one particular species that could reduce methane by at that time he was looking at in vitro reductions and he found a 99% reduction in vitro. And then his work has shown a 90% reduction uh, in vivo. So in live animals and the bioactives are within the, the algae and the tissues. And there's been a lot of, uh, you know, nobody knows for sure, but there's a lot of speculation that it has to do with the bromoform content in the algae that has the antimethanogenic effect. And the interesting thing is once you stop supplementing the cattle's diet with uh, this supplement, they return to their uh, natural state of producing methane. So there's no permanent change to the microbiome. I love getting into the details of the technology with the founders because it's really that secret sauce that, well, not only that you're building a whole company and, and, and business on, but um, it really is fascinating how something that is off the, off, pretty much off the shelf, natural, a natural solution like this can have such an amazing impact on climate. In terms of your market, um, you know, how, how has it been going for you? Are you focused more on Canada or have you seen more opportunity in the States, you know, given some of the policies and, and other sort of impact on, on adoption that we see in other sectors? Mm -hmm. Well, at this point, we're, we're still, um, you know, in product development uh, and developing our technology and production. So we're, we're not commercial quite yet. Uh, our our initial focus is going to be the Canadian market, and uh, but we are watching quite closely what's going on down in the states, and do have plans to to focus. Uh, in particular, uh, the California market is very interesting. Uh, California is the first jurisdiction in the world to legislate methane reductions uh, from cattle, mm -hmm. and uh, California has a huge dairy uh, industry, and. The cattle producers there are really scrambling uh, as how they're going to meet these legislative requirements, which is a 40% reduction by 2030. And these new requirements start kicking in in 2024. So there's a lot of dairy producers down there that are scrambling, desperate for solutions. 
And there's not a lot of solutions. In fact, this is the only solution that I'm aware of that is in that range of a 90% reduction. Uh, a lot of producers are spending you know, millions of dollars on anaerobic digesters, you know, capturing methane from, from the manure and only seeing you know, 20% reductions in their methane. So uh, I think we'll be uniquely positioned to address that problem for that market. I heard that you also recently won a $5 million award from Emissions Reduction Alberta Food, Farming and Forest Challenge. Uh, if for those of you listening, not familiar with ERA in Alberta, they do amazing work on supporting uh, innovators to really ramp up commercialization and scale of their technologies. Can you tell us a little bit about the project and what you hope to achieve? Uh, so the ERA project is a three-year project where we go right from our pilot scale production up to our first level and uh, getting to market commercialization plan. So by the end of the three years, we will be producing about 460 tons in dry weight of our product, which is enough to feed approximately 130,000 head of cattle in a feedlot situation. And this that amount will reduce uh, carbon dioxide equivalent emissions by about 78,000 tons every year. So this will be our first, you know, a one of a kind, you know, first in class uh, commercial production facility of our cattle feed additive. I mean, to get to this point, um, you know, you started off and looking at the research, how has the entrepreneurship journey been for you since you first decided to go all in to where you are today? Yeah, it's interesting because um, at first it was like, oh, well, this is really interesting. How do I get this going? And when I look back, because it's been five years that I've been since I had read that research and decided I really wanted to focus on this and come, you know, get a product to market. And when I look back over those five years, the real instrumental change was, was actually when I uh, went to the Foresight Accelerator. That really helped me get focused and really get a uh, perspective on what's needed, not just survive, but thrive as an entrepreneur and puts you in touch with some, I think, thought leaders and gets you thinking bigger and in a different way. At least for me, I had not, uh, you know, ran a clean tech company before. So, so there was just a, it was a really, really valuable process and, uh, you know, true to its name and it is an accelerator. And so I am very grateful to have had that foresight experience two years ago. It's uh, played a big, big role in uh, channeling uh, my efforts. And, and now hasn't it become now a team and group efforts? So our efforts and highly recommend such an experience. Absolutely. Where is your first facility going to be in Alberta? The vast majority of beef and feedlot cattle in Canada come through Alberta feedlots. So that is our first uh, commercial market that we are focused on. Uh, our, our production at this point uh, does require ocean water. So we have operations in British Columbia. So we, we operate in both BC and Alberta. Great. I'll have to make a note of that in some of my uh, chats with uh, some of our colleagues here in this province as well here in British Columbia where I, where I live. You, as you look forward, what are some of the biggest opportunities or hurdles that you think you'll face in taking Synergrace to the next level? Well, one thing is that no one has commercially grown this species of algae before. So, you know, we're really, uh, you know, kind of developing some cutting edge technology to, to both cultivate and process 
uh, this species of algae. And so there's a pretty steep learning curve when you're when you're working on stuff that nobody has uh, done, has done before. before. So here in uh, BC and actually around the world, we're seeing some pretty interesting developments in the role that seaweed plays in the food chain and all that kind of stuff. Is there, are there learnings between what they're doing and sort of what you're going to be able to do on the algae front or is it completely different? Oh no. In fact, I use the word algae to cover both microalgae, but also macroalgae, which is what we call seaweed. So, you know, they're one, they're one in the same, a lot of, there's been a lot more work, I would say on the microalgae side and the work we're doing, I should also clarify my earlier comment. So we're doing tank cultivation on land. We are not growing in the ocean. So growing it in a, in a tank on land processing, and then getting it to market is our model. How, in terms of you building your business, have you looked at, you know, working with um, supply chain? So will you sell directly to the farmers or will you, you know, work through distribution partners and such? Well, we've looked at both of those options and it may depend on the the country at this point. So uh, we have had uh, some conversations on on both of those fronts. And and I'm pretty sure it will be a combination. So selling directly here in Canada, or at least in certain jurisdictions and talking with supply chain partners down in the US. I too come from a family of farmers. Every time sort of a new technology comes through foresight, I mean, my Oma is 90, but still with it and witty. So whenever I go, you know, visit her or talk to her every couple of weeks, I always ask her about what she thinks of these new technologies. And I was telling her a little bit about our conversation today with Synergrace. And I mean, if they had those products and these opportunities when um, they were running their farms, both dairy and meat, there's so many technologies available now and, and that they would have loved to employ. For you on the you know climate side, was there an experience or something that happened to you that made you think that you wanted to sort of invest? Like you said, you're already five years in, you're probably going to got, got a whole ways to go here um, as you continue to build the business. Is there something about climate and being part of that movement that connects with you? Absolutely. And when I was in university, I actually started off in chemical engineering at University of Alberta. And I actually had my first work experience uh, working out at a a gas plant and being out there in industry. And I was, I became very aware during that experience that I had an interest on the environmental side. So the reclamation and remediation of those sites, the environmental impact overall And I had been looking for an environmental program, but they didn't offer one at that point at at the University of Alberta where I was attending. And then uh, that same year that I was having this work experience, uh, the university was about to start this program in the Faculty of Agriculture for Environmental Science. So I applied and was part of that first first class of the Environmental and Conservation Sciences program there. So I think just, yeah, just that experience of working in the field and just going with my, what I, what interested me and, and being out in nature was a big part of that and how we reclaim and remediate after uh, our natural resource projects was, was of huge interest to me. When you fast forward sort of three, five years, where do you see Synegraze and yourself in the agriculture ecosystem? Well, I would like to see Synegraze cattle feed additive being a standard part of the industry practice, uh, at least in feedlots, 
uh, here in Alberta, in Canada, and uh, yeah, I'd like to see that in the United States as well. So obviously three years, you know, hopefully there's been some basic adoption and that we're, you know, have enough production as well to supply all the uh, cattle producers that, that want to be using this additive. And, uh, you know, as we get through to the five years, yeah, I would just like to see uh, more and more industry adoption of an additive such as this. Absolutely. I don't know about you, Tamara, but I am a huge Netflix, uh, Prime video, you name it, um, fanatic. I did happen to check out this documentary called Cowspiracy, uh, The Sustainability Secret. Have you seen it? And what do you think? I have seen it. I have definitely seen it. And the one thing it does do is, is highlight, in this case, you know, one particular industry, which is the cattle production industry. There's, you know, it could be comments on both sides of the, the science and the, and the commentary and, and such. But uh, I think a lot of people have seen Cowspiracy and it did probably make a massive impact on the consciousness of most people who have an interest in environmental issues that, oh, we need to look at methane emissions from cattle. And, you know, so when you look at something mainstream like Netflix, uh, Bill Gates also talks a lot about uh, this particular issue, and the United Nations also has done a lot of work around this. So it's becoming, and has been for a little while, a, a big issue on the radar of, of a number of folks, and uh, they all play a role in, in educating certain segments of our society, and hopefully these will motivate people to start adopting uh, products like like Synergraze and pushing regulators to look at also clearing the way for such natural feed additives that make such a huge impact uh, reducing the environmental footprint of cattle production. Absolutely. I'm, I'm a fan of any sort of piece of information. I mean, at the end of the day, people need to decide for themselves what they're going to what they're going to read into it. But at least we can get these conversations happening. And I think you know, one of the sensitivities we have at Foresight is just making sure we're really recognizing the economic impacts that many of these industries, whether it's oil and gas, farming, have had in our country as a whole. And so the important thing now is we dig in and we find solutions that help them reach their climate targets. And from what I've seen, all industry is full, steadfast on being part of the solution. So I can't wait to see Synegrase in all these feedstocks in the near future. If you have some tips or comments that you would make to the next generation of clean tech entrepreneurs and innovators, what would it be? One tip is definitely getting involved in some sort of accelerator. And I really like Foresight. It's not only for that first cohort experience, but the ongoing support um, that was optional that I chose and opted to participate in um, has been a huge source of support to me. So that would be one thing. Yeah, I think that would be, you know, that's one thing that just comes immediately to mind. I'd have to rack my brain for other ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great for us. <laughs> I'm glad. You know, we're trying to really think sort of end to end, everything from you know, ideation through to the pilot phase, we have a new path to pilot program. Uh, and then of course, getting, you know, really ramped up on that commercialization and scale. Um, we do have some later stage supports as well. So now that you're sort of moving into those, 
that next phase of late stage TRL, you know, there's always new opportunities and, and networks that we really want to make sure we're profiling and showcasing you clean tech forward as a podcast being one of those avenues as well. Do you have any final thoughts that you sort of want to close off of um, before, uh, before we end here today? Just thanks for having me on and thanks for the work that you guys do in supporting entrepreneurs and in particular in the clean tech. That's obviously something close to my heart. So uh, very much appreciated all that uh, support and the support to the whole ecosystem. Thanks so much, Tamara. And just a reminder to everyone, if you're, you know, it is incredible to really reflect on the fact that cattle, agriculture, if you look at the numbers, is something that we need to get very serious about when it comes to climate change. We need to get these supplements into the hands of farmers so that they can help uh, reduce and, and be part of the solutions when it comes to greenhouse gas emissions. Let's all really, you know, band together to support these entrepreneurs, these innovators, so that they can get their technologies, products, uh, services to market sooner, better, faster. So thank you so much, Tamara, for sharing your story. We're absolute fans of everything you're doing with Cinegraves, and uh, we're here to support you any way we can. So have a great one. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening. And don't forget to rate and review Clean Tech Forward on iTunes and subscribe wherever you listen. Join us next week when we sit down with the incredible David Flax, the president and CEO of Invest Vancouver. To learn more about Foresight's programs, events, and more, visit us at foresightcac.com or follow us on social at foresightcac.com.